Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. What's Greetings, Earth. Same genius time. Any demographic I identify with. I don't believe you, Murray. I think an ignorant voter and a non voter are one and the same. Same genius channel. Under his watch. Know something. What have done about police reform in this country? Nothing. Greetings, Earthlings, and welcome to Unsolicited Genius. I am your curator, Carlton Ennis, and I am joined by a true Pisces that embraces all the niceties, Craig Lindo. On today's show, we will talk about Florida House Bill 99, a warrior enduring a war at home, and the boogeyman's boogeyman, John Wick. We hope to give you something to ponder. What up, brother Craig? What is happening in your world? A little bit of everything and a whole lot of nothing, my G. I'm just trying to, you know, like I told you before, old school shit, trying to stay between sky and earth and not touch dirt. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I'm here. Um, right, well, that's fair. Um, I'm, I'm on that 100 days of gratitude or just daily gratitude vibe in general so you know if nothing else is there for me to be thankful for i am thankful for the fact that my 10 toes are on the top side of the soil there is air going in and out of my nose unobstructed and i'm capable of making good decisions that align with the definition of discernment oh that's some beautiful stuff you just articulated there I ride out from there. I yeah. might not. I might. I, you know, I don't. I don't have all the helicopters and shit I plan to to have by this age. But you know what? That other stuff is pretty good too. So I'll I'll figure it out after that. Mm -hmm. Well, I myself am outside of the studio at an undisclosed remote location. So um, I like that. Hopefully, all of the electronics and the technology work with us. Um, but. All in all, things are going well in my world. And, and I say, let's get started with headlines. So Florida House Bill 999. Um, this is a bill proposed, proposed by State Representative Alex Andrande. And what it says is that Florida college and universities and all their affiliates may not expend any state or federal funds to promote, support, or maintain any programs or campus activities that advocate for diversity, equity, and inclusion, promote or engage in political or social activism, or include or espouse preferential treatment or special benefits to individuals on the basis of race, color, national origin, sex, disability, or religion. So all of that in short, this bill prohibits a state college or university or one of their direct support organizations from spending any funds, state or federal, that support diversity, equity, and inclusion programs or activities. Who this impacts? LGBTQ rights groups, Black, Asian, Hispanic student unions, and why I want to talk with it about you today, 
the Divine Nine. Black Greek letter organizations, based on these rules, based on this bill, rather, will not be able to engage in recruiting activities, um, education activities, or those things that promote support or, or, or uh, connect with diversity, inclusion, equality, et cetera. So what say you, Brother Craig? Um, I feel like I could start to respond to this from various levels, but there are very few levels where I could finish my response because particulars have to be hashed out, right? Okay. So this bill, yeah, it, it prevents the promotion and recruitment, but if I remember correctly, it also impacted the, if you want to have a major in like Jewish studies or a major in like women's studies or a major in like African-American. So the choice of your major <clears throat> and as a byproduct, the utility of that major is impacted, right? Um, That's in there. The, your, yes. your coursework is in there. So there's a lot going on here. Um, please, if you are not realizing yet woke, which just evolved from simply evolved from enlightened, which simply evolved from having access to knowledge, which was previously unrevealed. Um, it has been, the word woke has been weaponized into a war against anything that is indigenous, aboriginal, Negro or black. It has been spun and weaponized in that direction. And the champion, self-proclaimed champion of the war on woke is Governor Ron DeSantis. So a bill like this coming out of Florida is no surprise. I don't even know if it's a big deal if you look at his track record, right? So that said, yes, it's the next step following, hey, let's not talk about Columbus, right? Hey, let's not celebrate that as a holiday. It's the next step in all of the procedures that would lead to certain facts and other things being erased from history. So it's not some, it's not surprising in the grand scheme of things in the, in the macro to me personally, it's a next step in a sequence of steps to erase certain things or suppress certain information. So I, I, I see that there. Now, as far as how, how it plays out in Florida, I don't know how it's gonna play out yet. I'd love to see my fellow Florida citizens rally together and rebuff. Um, but there are other ways in which he has found that he could pacify the 
different communities, North Florida, North Central Florida, Central Florida, and South Florida in different ways. And he's successfully done that. I'm not saying I agree with him. I'm saying he's figured out that in the state of Florida demographic, there is North Florida, North Central Florida, Central Florida, and South Florida. And so, and so far, he has successfully pandered to all of them since 2020 with just enough touch to still be relevant. I'm not saying I agree with shit. I'm just saying he has skillfully pandered to, because if you really want to bust it down, bro, Florida's like three different states when you go by voting. Mm -hmm. South Florida ain't nothing like Central Florida, ain't nothing like North Florida. Nothing. Nothing. The redlining kind of draws attention away from it a little bit, but no. You know what I'm saying? So, mm, um, what I think about it, I think that just like with the critical whatever bill that was not ever an issue in Florida coming from a 20 year educator in Florida. The CRT shit was not an issue before he created an issue in Florida. It wasn't an issue in Florida. So, but he creates issues to create, to, to wave flags, to attract constituents from other States where those kind of things might be an issue. And he's planning his political run and doing a, um, whether you look at it like a Voltron or a, or, or a Transformer, he's building it piece by piece. Talk about Transformers. Remember the original Transformers back in the day, how hard them things were to, you broke them more than you put them, were able to actually make them transform. So I, I feel you on, talk the, about uh, on, the, on the analogy. Um, you know, nothing to, I hear you loud and clear. And, and DeSantis has been on this charge, as we even talked about last week, um, in terms of him creating problems where problems may not exist or the, in order to build his brand, to build his reputation, to make that run for the presidency. Um, it does, from my side of the map, uh, it does seem that he has a hold on Florida because to read about it, hear about it, talk about it, I'm not witness to anybody doing anything, doing much about it, um, him in general, uh, specific to uh, Florida House Bill 999, um, which is an interesting bill, 999, Divine 9, it's all connected, right? I, you know, I've, I've read that some students or representatives from FAMU, maybe some other universities went to, or they already in Tallahassee, but went to the house, represented their concerns. He attempted to placate, pacify, whether it's real or not, the bill is still moving. The verbiage in the bill does suggest that there will be an issue for the Divine Nine, if not just in recruitment and or the promotion of what the organization stand for. So where you talked about 
um, the Floridians joining together, taking, you know, a stance. I'm looking at the divine nine. What are they going to do? What are y'all going to do? Um, to me, this is a legal matter. To me, this is something that our dues as members are to go to. MPHC, you think about all the unity, all the effort when you and I were in school that was done in order to get the Greeks, the, the divine nine in the core. Sometimes it worked. Sometimes your frat brothers, you know, in particular, created, caused problems where it didn't always work, but they tried. And so we grown now. And, and, and so I'm looking for a response from our organization, Phi Beta Sigma, from the state and the national body, looking at a response from Gainesville NPAC, Florida NPAC, National NPAC, because just as we've seen in the, the back and forth hold my beer battle between Florida and Texas, if this bill were to pass, there's no doubt that other states will try to push forward the same dang thing. Um, I think the influence of the Divine Nine on the past election was noticed, however, is intentionally not being commented on. So, Explain. dog, stop playing, bro. We both know there's a shit ton of people that voted for that ticket because Kamala's uh, Creek affiliation. Oh, well, that's, yeah, I hear, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. Okay, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, before, a lot of, a lot of voters that weren't even going to get up or get out because they were, like, they were disenfranchised they didn't gaf anymore you know what i mean they were like all right well whatever just on the strength of this obligation i made x years ago or that i still honor today maybe i don't but i you know what i mean just because there was a connection there was people that got up and made like that cannot be underestimated because it did make a difference for uh, a lot of people, even not in her organization, to 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 know that somebody that was a part of that system had that much influence or has that much influence, it made it it made and is making a difference, bro. That's fair. That's fair. No, and I, I you know, I they talked about her. Um, Greek affiliation in the course of the different articles and stories related to this bill. Um, and, and so I hadn't, I hadn't thought about it from that vantage point um, that you just shared, but I, I do think her being part of the divine nine did have influence in the election. Did it tip it one way or the other? You know, only the people that study this stuff know for certain. Um, but I think to your, to, to the, other part of the same point, I'm not hearing a whole lot. You know, it's an article here and there, a comment here and there, an Instagram post here and there. Oh, no, they're coming for the Greeks now. But where is that statement? Where is that that unified voice? 
that represents what all of these organizations stand for. You know, us as brotherhood, scholarship and service. But well, there's a history there. There's a there, history in in why we exist. And that is what this bill is attempting to dismantle. I I agree, but that also aligns with why there is the silence that you just referred to, right? Because, yeah, you want to agree. In an ideal world, there'll be this singular agreement, this monolithic vote, this monolithic alignment amongst all the Greeks or whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. But we are stratified by a variety of things. We could just start with socioeconomics. Okay. Um, and then we won't even, you know, we could lightly get into indoctrination, nature versus nurture, blah, 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 all that other stuff. But, you know, here's the thing. All right. Yeah, they, there's a bunch of us that's, oh, my God. She is divine nine, yada, yada. Let's line up behind her. But what about those that are be like, well, yeah, I'm divine nine, but the platform that the democratic ticket is on don't align with my philosophy in life. Well, so I hear you. And they're loud starting and clear. to face that. I, I hear even, you loud Even and clear. within the party. But I'm, for me, and this my vantage point, my position perspective. I'm not attaching this to an individual vote, an individual's choice on whom to vote for. Mm. Maybe that's ignorance on my part. But to me, a, a, a rule or any law that says y'all can't be here anymore Y'all can't recruit for your organization anymore. You can't promote your, your principles anymore. To me, that says, that says to me, we're getting rid of your organization and what the organizations should be fighting for is to maintain presence, is to maintain voice with everything that our chapter Zeta Kappa did to have voice at the University of Florida, uh, uh, shout out to the original line, we celebrate 50 years next year, to, to be gotten rid of, to be silenced, to be dismissed, I'm of the mindset that is something that we all should be able to collectively stand up for and stand against but and and for me that's separate from voting them or voting republican this is just fighting for a right to exist from how i interpret this bill I don't disagree with you bro but I, all i'm saying is the reason that we are the reason that these this new demographic is being targeted is because of their influence ah, in the last election. That's I got what I'm you saying. now. I got you now. I got you. I got you. We it's here. like you know what you we made here. too much I of an influence here. We gonna we gonna cut now. that out for future generations. 
That makes sense. That makes sense. You know, I don't know much about the census. I, I think it's high time for me to do some diligence. I think my hopefulness. He's not as dumb as he looks. He's not as dumb as he looks. And to do this, to know the power that it represents, makes sense. And that's what our dudes are supposed to be up against. Do not. They're dumb dudes like me that know that the shit that I don't know, I surround myself with people that know about it. Yeah. Yeah. And so and then, some of us that are academically dumb or dumb in a particular category, we make up for it by being smart enough to team build with people around us that compensate for our weaknesses. And yeah. despite what you think about DeSantis, he so far it shows that he may very well have built a team like that. I have no doubt about it. I have no doubt about it because Alex Andrade is the one that proposed the bill um, I guess he's out of Pensacola. Um, and so, and again, what stands out to me um, is how much the, the, the silence that exists across the state. I don't see, I don't hear, I don't read protests. I don't see, I don't read, I don't hear voices, strong voices resisting the actions of DeSantis. His biggest well, opponent right now is Donald Trump. I mean, you know, in terms of the teachers, he's bribed most of my colleagues off. Um, mm. If you take this little course to co-sign on the new history courses and new history content, you get an extra $3,000. Uh, $3, and you don't even have to be a history teacher to get it. You just have to be uh, a certified teacher that answers all the questions right. So it's it's bribed a lot of my coworkers. No, I'm not signing up for the certification. Fuck them $3,000. That's where I stand. But, you know, I'm weird like that. Um, but every teacher in the state of Florida, if you take this little shitty online course that basically is you saying that hey i agree that this kool-aid tastes great and i'm gonna regurgitate it every chance i get i get 3k to agree to this new history or this new spin on history and so he's got a lot of my colleagues bought off in that respect um Plus, you know, during the whole pandemic thing, he kept the bars open. I'll keep it a buck with you in Florida. If you keep the bars open, you keep the population quiet. We won't revolt. Oh, boy. Once yep, he kept yep, the bars yep. open, like we were bubbling up to be a be a pain in the ass like New York or some of the other cities. But like once he reopened the bars, at least to a minimal extent, like there was no revolt in Florida. He won some people over. No, he won. He won Florida over. We this is, <laughs> he won a bunch of people over. I hear dog, you. like it's a bunch of retirees that drink or functional alcoholics that are about to be retirees that drink. That's what the fuck lives here. Yeah. Oh, we're not supposed to talk about that out loud, but that's what is here. Ta da! All right, all right, DeSantis. You, he, it, it almost. Seems that he is applying the principles, some of them out of the out of war, some of them of the 
the the uh, methodologies of the colonizer. Niccolo um, Machiavelli. Yeah. yeah the yeah. prince. All right, DeSantis. Well, we see you. We see you. We'll uh we'll be back. And with that, this is Unsolicited Genius. We'll take a break and be back in a second. Welcome back. This is Unsolicited Genius. I'm Carlton Ennis here with the brilliant Craig Lindo. What in the sports? So, you know, we talked a little March Madness. My bracket been busted since day one. Um, I'm actually still a little bit alive in um, two of the in, in the two groups, the two brackets I did because everybody back at busted. Um, so I'm, I'm number two in both by points, but um, you know, I know it's not a big, big deal in the Lindo household, but uh, it's been a good, it's been a good series. They got, there's been some excited playing. Um, as we talk, the Sweet 16, I think it is going on. Is it going on? Mm-hmm. Oh no, yeah, it's going on right now. So um, there'll be something to watch once once we conclude tonight. And so to our listeners, we're not gonna keep you here forever. Uh, to our listeners, our watchers, we're not gonna keep you here forever tonight. You know, you got some basketball to watch. Have you watched any of it, Lindo? No. Like, what? like I'll be real with you. Like, it the college basketball is not to me what it used to be, and I don't even want to lie to you and even play that game. Like, any of that is no, it's not what it used to be. Oh no. So, no, no games uh, tonight. They on Thursday. So y'all stuck with us. They start back Thursday. No, yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I, I, I know I'm a catch up and watch, right? But right now there's no particular game or matchup that has drawn me to watch. And it's not like I it's not like it used to be for me. I don't, you know, it just isn't. So I represent no, that segment of the population that as somehow we lost touch with it. Why do you think that is? Let's talk about it. Why do you think that is? Um, the schools themselves, the storylines behind the schools have become weaker. Uh, maybe that has something to do with the distribution of talent. Um, I also find structurally, it's easier to follow football than it is to follow basketball. So I, over the years, I followed football harder than I followed basketball. Basketball, there is no, 
you know, I know what games I'm getting Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You know what I'm saying? Saturday is college. Sunday is pro. You have one pro game Monday occasionally. You know what I mean? Like, Friday is, like, varsity and Thursday is JV. Like, and even if you turn on TV Thursday and Friday, that's colleges that are not going to get shined on Saturday. Right? Like, so it falls in line with the high school JV on Thursday, high school varsity on Friday, college on Saturday, pro on Sunday, and then the one Monday night game. Football is structured. I could follow it easier. Each team has one game per week. Mm -hmm. Right? Basketball, they could have one, they could have four. They could all be at six o'clock. They could be from six to 10, depending on time zone. So all that inconsistency and whatever, whatever, man, and the fact that the rules have changed and traveling is like predominant now and like all this other stuff, watching basketball isn't as exciting to me, even though like I love playing basketball. Carlton, if you say to me, yo, let's go play a 1v1, best of three, best of five, I'll be more excited than yo. I won't. I won't. Those times have <laughs> passed, my brother. Now, you get on. You want to hit the course, hit links. I got you. Um, if you want to do some sparring in the ring, I got you. Mm-hmm. But um, you know what I really. But that's what I'm saying. Like I'm more I, excited about the like yo. Let's go to the and play a game than um than watching. You know what I'm saying? Or debating two dudes from different eras that always. Because, you know, that eventually comes up. Like, I'm like, no, 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 no. How about me you versus you? What do you think? All right. Well, at me versus you in basketball, you win. Well, but not we specifically. Play 10 times. I'm just saying, that's how I we respond play, to those conversations. We play 10 like, times. I'll make that 10th time close because you'll be tired. But, <laughs> um, you know, gone are my b-ball days, man. I I played my son recently. He's taking a liking to it. And his last time I really, you know, I, I got him. He's, but did he serve you? I was like, he's not, he, you know, he a couple years and a couple inches away from beating his daddy in basketball. So that's why I stay in the boxing ring, just in case I got to pop, pop, and pop, pop <laughs> to prove myself. But, um, but, you know, I feel you. I feel you. I, you know, I don't, Her. I feel like basketball, at least college basketball for me, the one and done, did something to me in that regard because I didn't have players that I could follow up with next year, players that I could see progress. Mm-hmm. You know, and either I got to know them and and then they go um, into the in league. Three years or in college I'm football, just, right? Yeah, I'm just watching, you know, a bunch of strangers every time. But all that said, March Madness is exciting. It is energetic. And there have been so many upsets, which, you know, gives credence and gives space to the other schools to come along. That being said, sticking with basketball, though, now is an off-the-court situation has occurred. Um, on Unsolicited Genius, we don't dabble in the rumor mill. We pick up on stuff off of perspective. So what I will say is that uh, alleged infidelity in Andrew Wiggins's life has prompted a lot of internet dialogue one of the questions that came from this situation 
Don't know if it's true. He ain't said it's true. She hasn't said it's true. So we don't know. But the topic I feel like is relevant, not sports, but prompted from sports. Uh, and I ask you, should there be mandatory DNA testing at the birth of a child? Yes. One hundred percent unequivocally, yes. Uh, why? If you consider yourself a first world nation, why not? Okay. If I consider, why if, not? If if you consider yourself a first world nation, which with me comes with accuracy and due diligence of record keeping. Why not? Why not? Um, preemptively cut down some of, you know, preemptively cut down on judicial rigmarole, hoops, whatever might come about. Like, I just think it's a great, honestly, why hasn't it already been done? I don't understand why this is not default setting regular practice. You know, where do I start? Why isn't it done? I'm sure some personal secrets, protection, privacy protection, uh, stuff of that nature is the answer we would be given as to. I reviewed why. that, but okay. Um, no, I, yeah, I, <laughs> I did a quick search. I feel, I feel more like religious projection is the reason why we don't. Oh, okay. I, yeah, we don't know. We we we're projecting. You know, it's around. It's around. From what I could gather, not many countries do. Um, a quick glance suggests that Kuwait. Maybe a country that does it. Um, but I like you, you know, 10, 15 years ago, maybe I say not. Would I would I have asked for it at the birth of my child? Definitely not. Um, but I think when we see when I, I have friends who that they've raised a child as their child to find out later that it wasn't not their child. I've had that happen to people I know. And I've seen the impact that that's had in, in their lives. Um, and the stats that have been quoted in terms of the percentage of misinformed fathers um, are astounding. You know, the stats that, you know, to a, a third or so of, of births or a, a third of births are, are uh, the, the father is in question. And then those that get pursued, the percentage of them that come back um, as saying you ain't the father, that's that's heavy. And I don't wish that on any man. And to know all that occurs at birth, you know, they can take the placenta and the umbilical cords and uh, um, stem cells and, you know, all these other things are happening at the time of birth. You know, do a quick prick. Put it on a microscope so you know what you know. And 
I think some of the question, what happens next? Do we want everybody's files on file? You know, I don't know. But to me, with what seems to be a significant enough issue, it's something that should probably be done. Yeah. So let me ask this. Let's pretend we, you know, we don't have any women on the show with us right now. Uh, we're working on that, but today we're it's just you and I. What would be, as you might project, a woman's resistance beyond the guilty, but what might be some sensible pushback to why we don't do it? Can you come up with something? Um, you know, on different sides, but maybe I'm not ready to find out that somebody else's swimmers were more dominant than mine. Like, there's there's gonna be Y chromosomes that don't want to know. I'm sitting up here, standing in the energy of one of those that want to know, no matter what life circumstances might change. I might not be as adamant a few years from now, depending on what happens, but, um, you know, maybe there's somebody that would just rather living than live in ignorance. A brother that just be like, yo, I mean, I, I know she got other dudes. I just don't need to know that he was the one that had the stronger swimmer. Okay. okay. Like there's some guys that's that just thought. ride out and that's, that's like, thought. you know what I mean? That's like, a thought. Um, no, that's a thought. You know, I, as you as you were talking, what I started thinking was, if they were to do that, they would need security and attorneys at the birthing facility, like immediately available, because the level of disruption that that could cause at birth is huge. It's huge. Mm. So yeah, because you think you marry a couple years few years several years whatever it is love of your life you've been planning for this thing for nine months you excited you got the car seat you did the birthing classes you 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 bought you you painted the the baby's room you got the crib you watched some hgtv you you know you ready dad you ready and then prick prick microscope you are not the baby's father what happens next? What happens next? It's, it's, it's time for some real adult conversations right there. That's why you need security and yeah. an attorney. Um, yeah. Um, I, but like I said from the start, I'm an advocate of the idea of, you know, at this point in 2023, DNA and paternity testing should be a, a part of the default at birth. Right. Right. And as a mom, if you know, you need to speak up because it's going to get found out. Yeah, I, I think that just needs to be done um, in the in the interest of planning the 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 health of the child, because, you know, it, let, we all know that the DNA that you inherit may or may not leave you predisposed to manifesting certain um, conditions, right? 
or the genes that you inherit may or may not lead you susceptible to certain kinds of illness. So as a result, you want to know from the very start on both sides what uh, uh, you know the child may or may be may or may not be susceptible to or inclined to at different points and in, in stages of their life. Like it's just it's just ridiculous to not utilize information that you have at the ready. No, no, no. I, I on that, my brother, we agree. Um, Andrew Wiggins, we don't know what's true, what's not true. Okay, now as far as that, oh my God. <laughs> I I didn't want to get into it because it, you know, nobody said that it's true. It's just conjecture and internet speak. Um, so you want you you got something you want to say? Hey man, I'll just say this. You know. I've been teaching in the same community K through 12 for about two decades. And I'm about to stop saying that because I'm realizing it's, I'm starting to sound like grandpa, get off my lawn, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. But that being said, me being in the same community, same school and also a community that I grew up and went to high school in myself. I've, I've seen a lot, I've witnessed a lot. And, you know, please, you know, I've, uh, you know, me and my brother are 12 years apart. So you could label me as an only child and I'm a notorious set sitter from our college years. And I just love to observe and people watch from a perched privileged point of view. And um, these streets aren't friendly. Uh, there's creeping out here. Um, there's no loyalty on, across any lines at all that you might think there would be loyalty. And so as far as with the situation, I, I, I want to be surprised, but I've witnessed so much just in my little slice of the suburbs that I sit in in Southwest Broward County, Florida, <laughs> that I'm not that surprised. Like I've yeah. seen parents sign their kids up in mutual sports leagues just so that they could have a set time to creep together on a Saturday before noon because both kids will be obligated. And as a result, by taking those kids, they'll both be obligated and they got a built-in excuse, but neither of the two kids give a shit about the sport that they're enrolled in. Both of them are in my class and are just, well, my mom just, you know, thinks I should do something from eight till noon. And while kid is on the back soccer field of my school, um, mom is in the SUV of that kid's teammate fogging up the windows. Like, Doug, it's a dirty game out here. Like, what are we talking about? Yeah, you know. And that, he, and that, he was, hmm. All right, let me shut up. Too much. Well, no, he who has not seen Cast the First Stone, right? None of us are perfect. We all have stories that we could share. Um, but it, it is, it's hard in these streets. I, for one, 
advocate for loving who you want. If somebody, if there's somebody who calls you, somebody who you're drawn to, go get that. Um, if it occurs while you're in a relationship with somebody else, you got to figure that out because everything that's done in the dark eventually comes to light and all the parties involved end up losing. Uh, and, and so with what I've seen, what I've experienced, what I've heard, what I've learned, what I've partaken in, that seems to be the end result. There's no win in this. So uh, uh, unless unless you own it, unless you want it, unless you mean it, um, there's no win in this. So, you know, the Andrew Wiggins off rip, I hope, I hope all is well. Um, and and you know, we hope to see you on the court soon. A couple folks still believe in the Warriors, think that they um got a chance to, to go to the ship. So I hope you find peace. I hope this works out in your favor, um, in your favor, and those of the kids, and and you know, you go from there. But yeah, it's it's a cold, cold world, and we're not just talking about J. Cole who be spitting it. It's cold out here. Hey Amen. Um, it was one of those impromptu moments. Let me share this quick anecdote. Um. We had made a we had, as a coach. I'd made a little run with the team I had. I think we made it to the semifinal game, to the whole county championships or whatever. Um, I had a lot of special young athletes on that team, and uh, I went and hung out with some of those parents. Um, this was a few years ago, and right around the time that I'd went out. He had one of the parents that also had to process that um, the son that I was coaching wasn't actually his son. Like shit had hit him and he was processing with it, but he didn't know how to deal with it because he had already spent. But it wasn't until the teenage years that that son started to show the features that let him know that, oh shit, this child actually belongs to XYZ in his circle. Um, this is somebody that was connected to him on multiple levels. Let me just leave it like that um, without, because if I, if I give more detail, I might sound like ridiculously messy, but um on multiple levels, this person was connected to him and around him. And even though not named the godfather of this child was named the godfather of another one of his children. And was and he had to process, yo, how do I do this? Because a part of him, he wanted to he wanted to go ape shit. But he also had to think about well, from his words, support system X, Y, Z. I don't know if I'd have been so gracious as to think about, hey, how would my raging impact the support system? 
personally, I would think everybody would deserve the blowtorch. Like even just thinking about it now, I think everybody deserved the blowtorch. But okay. Uh, all right, man. Like well, I feel like I need to buy a vintage blowtorch and make sure we have a barbecue so everybody's within range and get them. <laughs> but you know, maybe that's why I've not been blessed with certain blessings because clearly Craig Lindo might overreact. <laughs> well, I think you know, technical difficulties I lost some of my lighting. So good thing we are a podcast show. People uh will hear us too. Uh that being yeah. said, um I don't know that you could call it an overreaction. Um, that's um, you know, being cheated on infidelity, end of the day, it hurts, right? It, it there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, parenting pulls something else out of us. So it, it parenting goes at a deeper love level that most of us don't understand till we get there. Um, and, and so to have that snatched from you, to, to, to say you are not this child's parent, in particular, to know how it, that this really happens to mothers. I mean, I mean, fathers, moms know what comes from them, who comes from them. So as a dad to find out this this person this this child that you've given this other part of yourself to is not yours equates to a death and that level of grief that level of grief nobody can tell you how to act nobody can tell you how to behave when it hurt it hurt Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. I, I just can't see. I mean, again, as somebody without a child, the thought to me is extremely disturbing. I could only imagine right. um people that have been involved deeper, you know, in terms of their personal experience. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I say, man. Hopefully it's not true. They say he one way or the other, he's dealing with some personal family matters is why he's been away from the team. So, you know, hopefully all that gets resolved. It, <clears throat> yeah. Right, right. All right. Are you entertained? What have you been listening to? Man. Um, I'm like, typically all over the place like i don't i don't know how i could i think most recently most consistently i've been listening to king's disease three by nas um if i'm not tripping the producer on the entire project is hit boy i don't want to sound like some old dude that's out of touch and quote that wrong but i'm almost sure that's the deal on that um and uh, you know, Nas continues to be the timeless, relevant storyteller that he's always been. Um, 
you know, the ability to use universal slangs and paint images. Um, it's just, a, I, it, it's a fantastic project as far as things I've been listening to. So King's Disease 3 has been a big deal for me um, in recent history, uh, uh, as far as my listening. What else? I can't think of any other singular project um, that I've been listening to. Well, can't go wrong with Nas. I actually had an interesting conversation with a um, cousin. I had some family in town and um, he's younger, early 20s. And so we talked music, who he listened to, who he vibed to. And, you know, he was of the mindset that, you know, rappers probably should let the game go or shouldn't be seeking to be at the top of the game while they're in the age of 50. But if they, you know, release lines, if they release verses or release albums that speak to their, you know, their group, it's all good. And so on his list, you know, he talked about Jay-Z, he talked about Nas, um, some of the people that he vibes with, Tyler, the creator, Lil Baby, a um, couple other names. You know, he gave some credence and and, and what I appreciate and as we do have a, generational gap because I'm about 20 years older than him um, is that he is insightful in his choices and you know we just pick up what we pick up and we love what we love and and for me like you Nas is still teaching us he's still <clears throat> you know using words in a way that most don't think to use them um, so you know, I, I I remember thinking that you couldn't rap when you were over 30, but, you know, here we are still picking it up. Here they are still doing it, and here we are still picking it up. So I feel you on that. Um, so I took the lesson that we talked last week around selective outrage, and I listened to R. Kelly. Um, I almost started crying, man. Because this was a, something that just came through on the internet. Um, and it was a, a clip of him singing a live rendition of Your Body's Calling Me, which for me epitomized the um, uh, pedophilia dynamic. But to hear him, to, to see the ease at which the sound comes from his mouth, um, and, and to know he could do it on any beat, on any, with any tune, and that he, he wrote music for himself, he wrote music for other people. It, 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 the talent is inspirational, and the, the fall is awe-inspiring, because you know, I think he got 20 years plus, he got cases in multiple places, some charges got dropped, but just, you know, his journey to have been abused, to become an abuser, and, and the, the, the world that he created around that is still a challenge to, to embrace, to accept, to swallow, um, but damn, that boy didn't make beautiful music. Mm, mm, mm. I tell people all the time, man, um, and for a long time, I thought something was wrong with me, Carlton, because people talk about how they couldn't listen to R. Kelly because they were thinking about 
like the victims and maybe my age and the, the, the my coming of age happened to overlap with his career in such a way that I don't ever think about any of R. Kelly's victims when I listen to his music. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. I made memories to 12 play. So when any song from 12 play comes on, <laughs> I'm thinking about those memories. None of my thoughts have anything to do with R. Kelly himself. That's fair. Right? None of nothing. N not, not, never, not even once. I'm, I'm not fair. sorry. I, I'm probably supposed to, but I'm not. So... I mean, separating the art from the artist, yeah, the artist has all these issues, but I made all kinds of memories to the actual art. And no matter what has happened to try and, no matter what has happened, like I don't think about the artist's transgressions when I hear the art. If I think about anything at all, I think about the memories I made to them myself when it was first released on cassette tape or cd long before the streaming era no in real time Man, on my that's mama's more than fair. that is more than fair my brother I, I think to each his own right i don't begrudge anybody that listens i don't begrudge anybody that does it i myself you know i don't wouldn't say i think about the individual victim person place thing by name i just it just it just generates a particular feeling in my being um, you're a better human and, being than me carl it's, no it's not a judgment it just is what it is because I, I, I no the I, other I day it came on and it wasn't until just... somebody said are you playing r kelly that i realized oh yeah y'all canceled yeah, him no it didn't no, even it, it, sit to me it does something. As a matter of fact, i didn't something. actively play it it just came up in the algorithm but whatever yeah no it, it, it's still you know it does something but you know to each i all that to say it's been a while since i've heard you know listen to r kelly and so i found myself even mesmerized just seeing the ease and and the talent that that extends from him all right what have you been watching um oh my god i'm going through a brain freeze um uh 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 uh, uh disney not Andor. Mandalorian, uh, Star Wars, Mando, uh, yeah, Mando and the um and the uh Bad Batch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I I watch those. Um, and I, I I you know I vibe with the Mando story. You know, um, I'm still trying to figure out if in my mind it's actually a really good story or if it's another one of those things that connect with my coming to America transition. So I'm biased towards it because Star Wars is a part of my coming to America transition. You know what I'm right. saying? The stormtrooper right. troopers and their guns. One of the first toys I begged my mother for after I came to America was the guns that was just like the ones the stormtrooper used in the movie that came out in around 83, 84. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that was like, you know, the one that was one of the first things I learned about America. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Star Wars. They got a whole bunch of channels. 
and their channels are 24 seven and I'm where I'm coming from shit by nine, 10 o'clock and more midnight, depending on whatever, whatever, like the, there was no, it was one to two stations and they were off. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. American TV raised me. So I, I need to go back and say something on this, by the way, Carlton. Um, unintentionally, as a defense mechanism, I've lied on this podcast in terms of what I've been watching. Um, I consume a shit ton of media, visually. I'm a part of that generation where, um, you know, there's a generation since that has been left, and they were raised by tablets. There was a generation after me that was raised by VCR tapes. After them, DVDs. And then the tablet kids came along, right? And your parents keep you entertained by putting a tablet in your hands, right? Um, these, these are the, I was a part of that TV generation slash, let me date myself, color TV generation. I mean, where I was coming from, the family members that I visited, if they had color TVs, that meant they were rich. They had TVs, they were probably middle class. If they didn't, I, it was normal. Right. You understand what I'm saying? So then when I came here, not only did everybody have color TVs, but that channels that stayed on 24-7, that shit was mind-blowing. Like, Star Wars is a part of my coming to America experience. Saturday Night Live is a part of my coming to America experience. That shit might be taken for granted by other Americans, but that helped me get socialized to the to the whatever extent that I got socialized. Whether or not you look at me now and feel like that shit worked, that was a part of my socialization in America. So, do you still watch Saturday Night Live? Recently, I've started to get back into it, honestly. Like, since the pandemic, honestly, since the pandemic, I've slowly started to go seek out Saturday Night Live. I don't know what, uh, yeah, around that time. I've never been... Uh, I've never been a regular watcher. Um, I love the Eddie Murphy clips that I would watch to, on VHS at some later date. Later date, um, different Colin, not Colin Farrell, Will Farrell, um, when he was on there, you know. So there was people who stood out. Um, but my son, you know, I hope you know with CPS because uh, I, you know. Is PG thirteen rated R? Uh, TV inmate probably is what it is, but he loves Saturday. He loves sketch comedy. Um, he he loves um, Saturday Night Live. So my watching is typically him showing Dad, Dad, look at this, and and laughing and and, and appreciating it from that way today. Yeah, that was, I remember my cousins when I got to New York. Well, I, I was in D.C. before New York. In D.C., it wasn't a big deal. But when I got to New York, my aunts and cousins in New York, the house was shut down on a Saturday night. Um, even when the young aunts went out and partied and the more conservative aunts would stay behind to watch the kids, sisters are different. Um, that shit, would, you, you, whatever was going on, there was two things I would I had no choice in on the television. One, Saturday Night Live on Saturday night. 
And two, Sunday morning, while my female cousins might be parting my scalping, putting grease in it for the flat top or whatever I had going on hair-wise, I was forced to watch Jim, who was truly, truly, truly outrageous. Jim did come on on Sundays. Sure did. Ugh. I still don't know what Jim was about, but I do know. Yeah, I can tell you because I was sitting in between my cousin's <laughs> legs while she was putting Vaseline on my scalp uh, and braiding my flat top. Oh, my God. But my hair looked good, though. Yeah, it still looked good. <laughs> thank you, brother. Thank you. It's going the other direction, but thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, so John Wick comes out this week. And as much as I do not condone violence, as much as I am, you know, I won't say anti-gun, but, you know, not a supporter um, of them in general. Uh, man, I love me some John Wick. I love me some John Wick. I uh, So I rewatched uh, movie one, two, and three. Um, just to make sure I had my mind right, I got my stories connected. Rewatch some of those fantastic uh, fight scenes. Uh, but when I tell you I'm excited about a movie coming out, I am excited. Uh, got my ticket. Uh, I I'm ready to go. I am ready to watch some John Wick. I'm late on the John Wick thing, but I'm with you. I wasn't you, you on the John up? Wick thing the first couple of weeks, but I don't know. Over the years, especially the last few years, I was like, yo, what am I really missing on this John Wick thing? And I was like, oh, we got really cool fight scenes and gratuitous violence. I kind of like those in my movies, so I've been in. It's stylish. Um, the fight scenes, they put effort in. You know, Keanu, yeah. Reeves, Keanu Reeves, is will probably well i won't say that keanu reeves is a master of his specific craft you know there's roles that he won't get roles that he won't be great in i don't know how the oscars view his acting um but when it comes to being good at what he does the fight scenes the 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 acting scenes he knows his limits you know, he could probably, in, in John Wick, he, there may be 30 minutes that he says two, three lines, right? But nobody walks away from a conversation better than John Wick. Nobody. Heard. So um, I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited. And I'm with it, though. Uh, uh, unfortunately, we do have to RIP Lance Reddick. Um, you know who, who he is. So Lance nah. Reddick, the Lance Reddick from The Wire, Bosch, also the the um, hotel concierge, so to speak, and John Wick, he passed away. Oh, um, I know you're talking about now. Yeah, hotel uh, concierge. Maybe Friday. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he passed away on Friday. So 60 that's, years that's old. That's unfortunate. And the, the irony as I was rewatching, it probably hit me on the, in the third movie. You know, Lance Reddick's physique is solid. And, and, you know, a few of his shows, he's been shirtless. And I, you know, I looked at that. I said, man, this brother's going to live forever. He just, he he looked toned and shaped, didn't know his age because he's kind of been the same age 
since he uh, did The Wire. So for him to uh, uh, pass away, that was that that's that's a loss um, because he has been in several of my favorites and his role in those movies was always or in those those in that entertainment uh, movie series, et cetera, was always value add. So um, don't know a lot about his backstory. I'll learn more as we go. But yeah, R.I.P. Lance Reddick. All right. What have you been reading? Um, that I can't say anything in specific, brother. I've been all over the place. Um, you know, what, magazines about like today's proverb. Did you did you do proverbs for today? I I actually did not do the proverb today either. Like it, I I really have not. I've um about to catch yeah. some stones at you. Go for it. No, I'm tripping. <laughs> I'm well, I thought you had it opened up, ready to go. I was like, you know what? I might no, as well. Okay. But I didn't, no I didn't, I didn't, um, you know, I've been <clears throat> actually more and more because it used to be that I would do the reading in the mornings or do readings in the mornings. And I'm kind of valuing more and more in the mornings no media whatever the morning sounds are between all the stuff that i got to do with those other morning sounds but no media no new media no no internet no like i've been trying to cut out whether it's the news or twitter or so like whatever no media in the morning until like i'm already left you know it kind of taints me it kind of ruins me, especially with the population that I work with. Sometimes getting news and other things before I see my students kind of fucks up my day. And I don't want to carry that energy into my classroom. Like sometimes the politics and the maneuverings of the adults and the, the bureaucracy and other things kills my vibe to a point that it makes it hard for me to teach them without that in the back of mind. So sometimes it's best that I get new media and information at the end of the day. So honestly, I've been struggling with the whole restructuring of my day. Keep it a buck with you getting new media at the end, you know, fasting on the beginning part and then trying to balance, you know, being Mr. 5 a.m. club on the workout. Yeah, you know, Adulting, man. Adulting is not the easiest thing on the planet to do. Uh, you know, there's those that don't even like that the word, you know, exists. But I think adulting is a thing. Um, and, and we learn as we go. We learn as we go. I think I'm an advocate for daily routine. I have minds. I've fallen off the wagon, back on the wagon, made adjustments to the wagon. Um, and, and so I think, you know, the consumption of what works for you, what doesn't. And, you know, I'm confident you'll figure it out. It just takes time to adjust. Who is that? Yoga is blurry. Yeah. Can't you? 105 what yoga asanas. There we go. Maybe that. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. It's not showing up right. But yeah, 101. What is that? Um, I'm trying to get a, because 
for me in the morning routine, I'll go from neck down to ankle and make sure I put everything through a rotation, a movement or a stretch, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I don't necessarily know the names of all of those things. In, some, in many cases, those things have a name or a way that they could already be um, engaged, you know, by way of these yoga poses. I'm trying to, because logically speaking, I, I realized a long time ago, dog, we are the only living creatures that don't stretch when we wake up anymore because we got soft. Right down to the sloth, the lion, the chicken. Every other creature, when they wake up, they stretch. Mm. The human, as we've gotten soft over the eons, we don't. However, well, those that do remain in prime health. Duly noted. Duly noted. To talk humans, to talk eons. I have completed Sapiens, a brief history of humankind. I like by Yuval Noah Harari. And it is a brief history. He doesn't dive in, into any specific era for a long time. Um, but it's about 20 chapters, give or take. I have to look. Man, let me tell you something, brother. Humans have been humaning on this planet for a long time. There is truly nothing new under the sun. Um, and that's whether you subscribe to the biblical version of it, Darwin's theory of it, or whatever else is out there. We've been here for a long time. We do have history that, that indicates that. And there's three things that, that really jumped out for the book is a lot in it. I think it should be something that should be Get taught from, if not this book, these concepts. But Get to me. What were the three? To say. So first, we've been destroying the planet for a long time. It did not start in the 80s. It did not start with the industrial era. There are speed. We have been sending species to existence since we have existed. Um, whether it be they became our food, whether their food was our food and or what happens today, we build in subdivisions and subdivisions and more subdivisions on, on where these animals um, used to exist. Um, so it is in our nature, destruction, devastation to creation, has been a part of our existence for a long time. Doesn't mean that we're not on some other ish because the plastics, the pollution, the carbon dioxide, um, those things that are byproducts of our industrial era um, are also problematic and are causing destruction in a way different than our destruction has been in the past. Um, Third, a uh, second thing, the isms, socialism, uh, communism, capitalism. In, in the book, he speaks to them as religions. 
because you know this isn't a, a, a religious or a spiritual book, although the idea of God is incorporated throughout. I think the author is very much a, 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 of a faith. But that being said, when we just look at what Buddhism, Christianity, uh, Hinduism, Islam, whatever they call for, they also have rules. And so these isms in that I just referenced, they have rules. And one of the things he pointed out is us in particular as, as Americans in our society, in American society, but others across the world, we follow the religion of capitalism and consumerism more than the religions of our professed faiths. So when we cut corners and rewrite rules in Christianity, uh, the Catholic Church, uh, uh, Reverend Fred, and, and and you know the couple bucks he 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 puts in his his side pocket, um, we break rules. We don't follow the rules. We don't abide by the rules. Most of us don't even fully understand the religious rules that we profess and prescribe to in, in, in our headliners topics vote for. But capitalism, consumerism, oh, lock step, lined up and in lock step. That we is the do exact point. Everything that those isms want and need us to do. I feel like say something? that is you you need to make a whole most deaf playlist. That has been his summary point for the last 19 years at least, maybe more. Yeah. yeah. How even mm -hmm. up even above religion, consumerism and capitalism in the back community has been our north star for a large percentage of the community um so your your summary just aligned well with another summary that i heard from most deaf that's what i was trying to say all right all right i mean anytime i could be put in the same sentence as most deaf, i'll take that you know <laughs> i'll take that um and the last a lot of things in it but the three that just jumped out um we can you see my fingers are all the same as human beings as homo sapiens skin color different origin different height hair uh eye color lips there are distinct differences amongst us all can I but, ask you a question? But we are sourced from the same place. We are the same speech. There's birds, birds fly, they chirp. There are birds that we see look the same, a crow and a, 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 a grackle might look the same but they cannot reproduce together. They can't have babies. 
So they are different species. A, a black man and a white woman may not be approved of in South Georgia, but they can have a baby. We are the same. Race and other measures of status that we apply are fictitious concepts that we are choosing to follow. I'll stop there. What's your question? Um, maybe we should save this for another show, but um, what you just said was it, it, it stroked and floated through a significant portion of what I would refer to as my philosophy on, um, or my treatise on certain topics. I would ask you this question. What makes somebody a racist? What makes somebody a racist? Um, you know, Carlton's definition, you know, I won't tell anybody to Definitely. put this answer on their test. But my answer is somebody who thinks that a, a somebody of another race, which, as you said last time, is also a construct, social construct, something we made up. But based on how we define race and what it is, a racist is somebody who believes or perceives that their race is either superior than another race or that um, another race is inferior to their race or another race. Okay. That's my and That's opinion. fair. That's fair. So um I would I would maybe even oversimplify it or simplify it a little bit more. Mm. I would say if you actually buy into the idea that race is a scientific construct, you're a racist. There is nothing in our experience or our education that tells us it's a scientific construct. It was never, ever, ever presented to us in a science class. You and I both remember kings play cards on fat green stools. That stopped at species, from kingdom to species. Kings, kingdom, phylum, right? Kings play cards, kingdom, phylum, class, order, right? On fact, was that that whole little you thing sound down there. close, man. Biology was not my strength, but you sound. I'm, I'm right. just saying that whole little setup. It was. It stopped at species. Sci like species is the last scientific. Yeah. Classification. Race makes sense. Comes in not under that. You just referred to that even in your. Even in even what you just said a while ago, which in your reference to different species and the capability of mating together, we're all the same species. Yes. Just the manifestation of different genotypes and haplotypes make us different color. Like and 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 how we present to the world, but um, before the year twelve hundred, the word race had nothing to do with us as humans nothing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and 1200 is rather recent it's rather brand new 
Mm-hmm. Race is still mm-hmm. relatively a new concept. Racism is still relatively new in the grand scheme of things. And you see the damage it's done already. Yep, 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 yep. Yep, yep, yep. Before 1200, it was a it was a competition against time. Had nothing yep. to do with what you look like. Yeah, humans, Homo sapiens, what you know, who we are, what we are, how we got here is very interesting, and what we continue to do um, is predicated on our past. Um, so, a good book. Uh, came record to, recommended to me. Um, give me that ago. name one more time, bro. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to take you um, off track, but like you, you kind of stimulated thought in me here. Um, Sapiens, A Brief History of Humankind by Yuval, Y-U-V-A-L, Noah Harari, H-A-R-A-R-I. All right. I have a question and you may or may not be able to answer based on how deep you are into the book in terms of antediluvian references or uh, analysis. Is there any of that there like pre-flood shit? Oh, yeah. You know, he goes back as far as history is written in terms of. But pre-flood history is so much rougher. That's what I'm saying. You talking about Noah's flood. flood. You're talking about yeah. Witch Flood, Noah's Flood, right? Yes. Yeah. So he goes back. He goes back. Like I said, doesn't necessarily stick in one particular place or another, but Noah, he actually, I think he has a chapter titled Noah's Ark. So, um, and, and, and where I say it's not a religious book, but he brings in all of the religious spiritual concepts that that are available with to religion. Us. With religion's influence on the world, man, like you're a you're an idiot if you try to write a book and ignore the influence of religion. Religion has influenced the world and you trying to ignore it in your creation would lead you to an incomplete, inaccurate creation. Your creation will now not represent the world accurately if you leave out religion because religion has made that much of an influence. It's yeah. undeniable and, and at he- this point. And he and he goes there. So um, I, you know, for me, it's it's a it's a scientific book, um, but the the spirit of the author is very much present. I believe. Hurt. All right. All right. We'll take a break and be right back. This is unsolicited genius. And it will be so sweet, America. It will be so sweet. And all that heartache is connected to our presence. You got to see the monster to be able to destroy the monster. You took the military out before you took the civilians. Who does that? Under Under his his watch. Welcome back. This is Unsolicited Genius. Before we get out of here, we want to remind you to like, subscribe, and follow. We are on the internet. Google the name, search the name, you'll find us. 
wherever we are, like, subscribe, follow, and please share. Uh, shout out to the super producer, Joe Nitty. Thank you for all the great work that you do. Uh, enjoy the cruise, player. Uh, thank you to our sponsors, Legacy Wear. Your legacy awaits. You can find them at www.legacywearus.com. Megacore CBD, broad-spectrum hemp-derived CBD, the way nature intended. You can find them at www.megacorecbd.com. Special thank you to our Rainwater, who says hydrate and elevate. You can find them at www.aurarainwater.com. And also special thanks to Carlton and his coaching. Be your light. You can find more out about him and what he does at www.carltoninniss.com. Any shout outs you want to give before we get out of here? Hey, man. Um, Instagram at Craig D. Lindo. Holla at me. Oh, okay. Shout out you. I like it. I shout out okay. you. He do be posting some stuff, people. So check it out. Expand your mind. Um, I got a special shout out to Steven and Amanda from Jiffy Lube. Uh, had to get the car took care of. I prefer Jiffy Lube. The haters could hate. But ended up having insightful dialogue with Steven and Amanda while I was waiting on my vehicle. Steven was a customer. Amanda worked there. Told them, they, they said, man, you should be on the radio. So I said, I got a podcast. Shot him the uh, shot him the flyer. Told him I'd give him a shout out. So Stephen and Amanda, uh, I got a return for some stuff. You know they tell you do this, do that, do this. I'm like I ain't doing all that today. So in case I'm back, I hope we connect again. All right. So thoughts of genius. So in everything that we talked about today, and and you know we talked sports, we talked headline news, we talked sin. He who was out saying cast the first stone. What I thought I wanted to, to impart with impart the audience with today is the idea that to fail is to succeed. We all push for success. We all want to have, you know, our heart's desires. We want our projects to succeed. We want the enter the competition and win. We want to try out for the team and make it. But just because you don't, just because it doesn't go your way, doesn't mean you lost. It just means what you thought you needed to do, what you thought you were ready for, you might just need to go back to the lab. Or that great idea wasn't the greatest idea. There is another one in you. Or it may be a test of your grit, a test of your perseverance, which will be between you and the universe that you subscribe to, or more specifically, between you and God. You told him you want it. He said he'll give it to you. Let's see what you want to do about it, right? So when you fail, my unsolicited advice is find joy in that because it means you're growing. It means you're evolving. 
Michael Jordan got cut. J.K. Rollins got rejected. Thomas Edison attempted the light bulb to, to attempted to create the light bulb a thousand times. And when you when was asked, how did it feel to fail a thousand times? Edison replied, I didn't fail a thousand times. The light bulb was an invention with 1,000 steps. So in your era, be it relationship, be it job, be it running with the police, whatever happens in your life, if you survive, if you're present as that failure unfolds, what I am attempting to convince you of is that you are winning because a life that is plagued by dreams, each misstep means you are one step closer to realizing your destiny. In a life plagued by dreams and dreamers and hopers and wishers and believers, each misstep means you are one step closer to realizing your destiny. And on that, this has been another episode of Unsolicited Genius. Join us next week, same genius time, same genius channel. And for whenever you are, good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Craig D. Craig D. Molot. Molot. You are listening to Unsolicited Genius.